tired of being censored on social media? Tired of being silenced and shamed for your views by cancel culture? Tired of only hearing one side of the story? Then welcome to your new happy place. You are listening to Left Out with Will and Laura. All right, everybody, this is our first podcast. I am Will. And I'm Laura. Hey, Laura, how's it going? I'm doing great. And you and I had just talked and we said, hey, let's start a podcast. We went to broadcasting school together and yep. we just were kind of on the same page when it comes to politics. So uh, we came up with Left Out. That's the name of our podcast. Leave out but the liberals, right? That's right. Leave them Take out. Them out. <laughs> we, we want to vote them out. And also, if you feel left out, if you feel like you don't have a voice, here's your platform. We want to we want to be your happy place to share your conservative thoughts and without being censored, without being shut down by cancel culture. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it really is getting scary. And I think it's not just social media anymore either. I mean, I don't know if you remember when they had those doctors that were protesting in Washington, D.C. And all of a sudden, Facebook decided to just, you know, erase them from any social media whatsoever on YouTube and also on Facebook, Google got involved in too. But there was one of those doctors who actually got her website revoked. I heard about that. Which doctor was that? Was that? I think it was one of the main ones. I can't, I can't even remember her name, but she was one of the the main spokes uh, people then. I think she was on with Glenn Beck and a couple of other folks here too. You probably remember her. Yeah, I do. I don't remember her name, but I do know who you're talking about. But it's absolutely ridiculous because they had facts and statistics and they've used hydroxychloroquine with their Mm -hmm. own patients. So actual case studies and the fact that they're silenced makes you go, okay, what's, what's really going on here? Oh, absolutely. And the whole hydroxychloroquine debate is just, um, it continues to rage on. But I think eventually the truth has its way of rearing to the surface. And it's just a matter of enough people pushing back on this. And I, I think when it gets this personal, um, you, know, you know what, your, your face is personal. I, I, the people that say to me, oh, just put on a mask, what's the big deal? You know, I'm just, just like, just, this is my face. Just get a vaccine. What's the big deal? Right. Just Who get ca- chipped. What's the big deal? <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Right. Like, where's it, where, do you, where does it stop? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It drives me crazy because I don't think we're doing people any favors by pandering to them. Your no. mask does you no good. And, you like, know, I even, Laura, I even hate to say this because we're both born again believers is that in churches, my sense is this, and I'm, you know, maybe I'm reading be- between the lines or whatever is that I think some pastors, and I'd hate to say this, but it's more from my neck of the woods where I see the Southern Baptists are really weak on this, is where they're just going to go along to get along, and they don't want to offend anybody that wears a mask. Well, it, it gets to the point where is, you know, the social distancing and the mask, and where does God want your church to go? All right? Does he want it to grow? Does he want people to meet? Does he want me, you know, does, I mean... It, it, I think it interferes with the gospel, if you ask well, me. I, and, and so my church, so I'm out in Sioux Falls, so we're, you know, f- far more conservative than most of the other states. We've got a lot more freedoms, but our church took it to, um, we started off with masks for the first couple of weeks, just as people came in to help them feel acclimated. And I did wear a mask just, you know, as a, as a cur- courtesy to those who were fearful. But then after two weeks, nobody's wearing a mask anymore. 
Correct. It was kind of like to kind of bring people back in. I know it's been scary. We've kind of been doing church from home. And now that you're coming back, we'll all do some extra precautions and safeguards. And now, you know, let's put that behind us and, and realize that this, this virus is not nearly as contagious as they're making it out to be. And I can speak for that from personal experience because we had it in our house. Yeah, we'll get into that big time. Because I, I know when you had your, your Facebook video that uh, you talked about your COVID experience, I'm like, wow. I mean, you're just like, you don't care what people think. You're I just don't laying care. Down low. This is my family, man, right? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, I know, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be um, insensitive to people who've got, you know, they've got breathing issues, they're elderly. I know there's a certain subset of people that it's going to affect a lot more severely and a lot more harshly than most of us. But you don't typically mask the healthy, you mask the sick. So that's what's so crazy about this. Well, absolutely. And I, I know a pastor friend of mine, too, who's been very vocal on this. And he says, you know, that's actually a biblical principle of quarantining the sick. You'll, you see it all through Scripture. Absolutely. Especially with leprosy. Yep, yep. And, and, and the healthy are the, are the ones that continue to congregate, you know. And, and it goes back to basically what Jesus did. Jesus got you know, raked over the coal from the Pharisees and Sadducees because he was, he was dealing with unclean people, right? right? He, was deal, he was dealing with lepers and people that were sick, and, and they're the ones that are quarantining themselves. They're the ones who would probably be wearing the mask, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. You know, that's, that's my take on it anyway. So. Right, and you know, before, before the virus hit, before it all, the world went mad, you would see a lot of times you'd see people from other cultures, particularly Asian cultures in, you know, Sam's Club or Costco or whatever, and they're wearing the mask. And I'm like, why were they, why do they do that? And I was discussing it with a friend of mine and he said, well, it's because they have a cold. So they're protecting you. So that makes sense to me. If they have a cold and they're trying to keep their germs to themselves, that's fine. But then, but that's because they know they're sick. The rest of us are walking around perfectly healthy with a mask on and now they're finding that people are getting sick from wearing a mask because it restricts your airflow. You're breathing in your own carbon dioxide. You're breathing in your own germs. This is not healthy. Well, the, I think Steve Dace, I, I follow his show quite a bit, and he's been one of the people on the blaze that have been really just kind of exposing this more than anybody else has, in my opinion. And one of the things that he says is that, I mean, how do you follow this logic? Or, you know, especially going to a restaurant. You've heard the rules for going to a restaurant. You want you walk in the restaurant oh with the mask on, and you want to keep that mask on until you get to the table and you sit down. And then when you sit down, you, you know, you take off your mask, all right, and you put it down and you start eating. And you're, what, you're dealing with forks? You're dealing with, yes. with uh, you know, the, your drink, the plate. You're going talking back to the waitress back and forth. And then it's, you're putting that mask back on oh after you're gosh. touching everything. So the idea that, that this works somehow, I mean, that, that's, just, that's just logic that's defying itself. It it's makes no so sense whatsoever. So Asinine. And I don't understand why people can't see it. It's so crazy. Like somehow the virus is going to jump out at you between the front door and your table. But it's not, it's, but you're in like a, you're in like a COVID timeout zone when you're sitting at your table eating dinner. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> Magically, the virus disappears. I, it at that just time. kind of avoids you because it knows you're eating. So, hey, it's a very right. polite virus. I'm not going to interrupt them while they're eating, but I'm sure going to get them on the way out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, 
you know, and I think on a, on a different level too, this is really not discussed enough. And this has been silenced quite a bit here on social media from experts who have been screaming and yelling. And when I'm talking about experts, I'm not talking about, you know, your local doctor uh, that uh, lives next door to you. I mean, we're talking about people from some of the most, some of the most, um, well, some of the largest um, institutions of the country, like Yale, like Stanford, all right, uh, when we're talking about um, medical research, all right, people that are experts in the field that have come out and said, you know, the mask doesn't work. And the reason why it doesn't work is because when it comes down to random, not, random, randomized controlled tests, which is basically the gold standard to find out um, exactly mm -hmm. if something is going to work or not um, when it comes to research scientists, and that's way above my head. But right, with right. that said, there's been at least 10 or 15 years of research showing that those masks do nothing when it comes to dealing with a virus. Um, you know, and then it goes even further than this. Daniel Horowitz from The Blaze has really dived into this. If you ever follow conservative report, um, I'm sorry, conservativereview.com, um, he has found a couple of statistics where it just kind of is mind-blowing, where... Um, we're talking about a 700% increase in cases in the last 30 days, okay? In the last 30 to 60 days, a 700% uh, percent increases in Hawaii. Now, Hawaii has basically shut down completely. And right, they've had right. a mask mandate since last April, or, and people are going to jail if you don't have a mask on. So they've been really, they've been like, really tight with this. It's so, like communism. Oh yeah. But what happens is, is that with that 700% increase in cases, um, that means that, okay, these cases should be going down in Hawaii. Why are they right. not going down in Hawaii? So that tells you the masks is not working. And that's just a perfect example. And now they're saying that they think that they went terribly wrong by quarantining people and pushing the lockdown because you're locking people in together where they should be moving about. It's the equivalent of, hey, you know what? A hurricane's coming or a tornado's coming in your neck of the woods. Let's see if we can, um, if we can quarantine off and we, can, we, we won't suffer the effects from it. You're trying to control something that's in nature, okay? And there's only, there's, I only think there's really two things that you can do, and that is quarantine the sick all right. And people that are elderly and especially those in high risk, yep. and especially those in nursing homes, deal with them and let all the healthy people stay out there. Right. You know, um, so I want to hear about your experience with COVID and your son here, Laura, because I have a lot to unload here with my kids, um, with what we're doing here in our neck of the woods in Georgia. And I hate to say it, you know, Georgia, everybody was saying, well, Georgia's leading the way here. Georgia's leading the way here. Um, but you know, on, on some levels, we're not when it comes to bringing kids back to school. Um, but tell me a little bit about your experience with your son. Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, we live in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So we have uh, an incredible governor, Governor Nome. She's amazing. And um, so a lot of a lot of businesses are are they've got, um, you know, some of them have mask mandates. Others, it's strongly suggested, but mostly they give people the freedom to if you want to wear a mask wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Just giving you the freedom to make those choices for yourself. Um, but my son went to a, a Christian camp out in the Black Hills, which is one of the few camps in the nation that is not closed down. And they basically, so I, call, I called the camp back in March because everybody was canceling, canceling summer, summer activities. So I called and I said, um, 
are you going to be open for camp or, and, and I had already paid. So if you're closed, do I, will we get, I'm guessing I'm going to get a refund. And she says, um, unless governor Nome shows up at our door and tells us that we have to shut down, we're not shutting down. Wow. Like cool. kids, kids need an outlet. Kids need a place to go and just be kids. They've been quarantined for the past several months. They need to get out. So anyways, long story short, my son went with a bunch of kids from school and his church and they had a ball, absolute ball. I was jealous. Um, but he came back and I'm, I'm good friends with one of the counselors and she had uh, messaged me a couple of days later and she said, this is about to hit the news. They're about to send um, some communications out to the families, but um, I have, I tested positive for COVID. So I'm, I'm concerned about her, obviously, but I didn't think that it would affect so many other people. But Josiah kept saying, well, now my friend so-and-so has it. Now my friend so-and-so has it. And I thought, well, he's been a little off lately, so I should probably go get him tested. So sure enough, he ends up with a positive result, but I, I never would have taken him in to get tested. I just thought he was sluggish from, you know, basically having eight hours of sleep over a five-day camp. So I just thought he was run down. He was tired. He's not, you know, he's not himself, but he's, he's exhausted. So for us, for us, it was, I would, I would say it was less severe than the, the cold that he had the, the previous year. So it was not... It was not a huge deal in our house. But then again, he's a, he's a very healthy 15-year-old. What were some of the directives that they had um, from the doctor's office or the health department or whatever saying that you need to do such and such as far that as... That was the most bizarre thing. So I can handle him being sick. I, I know how to take care of my child. But they called and, you know, they're, they're tracing and they want to know all the symptoms. They want to know how he got it and who he's been in contact with and just super invasive, their questions. And then they're like, okay, well, he needs to have his own bedroom and he needs to have his own bathroom. You need to change his linens every day. You need to leave his food outside the door and then let him, you know, eat it and then put his empty tray back outside the door. And then you need to make sure that you're not sharing any dishes. And he basically needs to stay away from the family for 10 days. Oh, gosh. And I was like, okay, thank you very much. And we didn't do any of that. Good. We didn't do any of that. <laughs> he ate with us. In fact, I know, I know I'm going to raise some eyebrows over this, but I just wanted to, my whole motto is get it, get over it, move on. Like I could see for him, it wasn't a big deal. It was like a mild cold and where he was very fatigued. That was his worst symptom. So I drank out of his cups on purpose. I share popcorn with him on purpose. I wanted to get it. I wanted to get it. <laughs> and so then I went and got tested because I was working from home because my, my coworkers found out that I was exposed. And so out of courtesy to them, I was working from home until I got tested. And my test result came back negative and I was mad because I wanted the antibodies. I was like, child, I brought you into this world. I said, you can't even share. You can't even share your virus with me. Come on. <laughs> oh. But but yeah, so so we didn't quarantine. We weren't particularly careful about not sharing dishes. And then my younger son didn't get it either. So, so I don't think it's nearly as contagious as they say it is. And the other part of it too, that you've been, I, I see this all the time because I have all kinds of people on my Facebook timeline that are, that are, that are super liberal and I'll sometimes I'll swerve into their comments or whatever. I try to be, careful you know, I try to say, well, I try to, well, when you say careful, I look at them and I'm like, okay, do I really want this person on my friends list or do I want to go out in a blaze of glory and, and uh, let them know what I really think. You do live on the edge, oh, don't yeah. you? I, I That's one that. thing I know about you. I love that stuff. Right. <laughs> so, 
But yeah, so I mean, but but I'll I'll, I'll swerve into this, and you'll and one of the things that the propaganda that keeps getting pushed out. CNN reports on this. You'll have some uh, group of doctors that are really pushing for the vaccine um, that have an agenda, and people. You know, I think we've been trained in America to the doctor's always right, right? Right. And it's almost like, you know, I think there's two, di- I think there's almost uh, two different sides of the spectrum. I think on one extreme side of the, the spectrum, okay, is the person that you probably run into people, you know, I, I don't believe in, if I have cancer, I'm not, I'm not going to get treatment, okay? I'm not going to get, um, uh, well, what, do you, what do you get? What do you call it? Why it's on the tip of my tongue. When you get cancer, what do you have when the hair falls out? That's what. Oh, uh, uh, radiation? Duh. Chemotherapy? Yeah. Chemotherapy, <laughs> right. So you have people on that, en- that end of the spectrum, on that far side of the spectrum. Right. Okay. Those crazy and, moms who drink out of their COVID-positive son's cups. Right. So you'll have people on that side of the spectrum that, that don't believe in any medicine, and you just take a bunch of herbs and spices and, and vitamins, and you're all set no matter what. All right. And then you have on the other side of the entire spectrum where, you know, there's a pill for everything. There's, mm-hmm. there's a medication for everything. You know, make sure everybody, um, you know, I'm not an anti-vaccine person. My kids get their normal vaccines like everybody else. I did growing up, especially in the 70s. I would explain a few things. You know, and, and, and so, you know, I, I've, taken, I've taken those vaccines and, and everything. I'm not anti-vax, but you know what? I'm not taking this crazy vaccine here from Russia. Me neither. Wanna, you know, I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm not doing it either. So, you know, so there are those two, two sides of the spectrum. You know, I say sure. I say you should never trust a vaccine where the person who is manufacturing it or paying for it to be manufactured is also the person that's going to benefit from it financially. Right, right. And that needs to be uncovered, and that's not talked about enough. Right. And I think, you know, and, and anybody starts talking about that, you say, well, you're a conspiracy theorist. Um, and I think there's some really wild conspiracy theorist, theories out there, but there's plenty of reporting that says, no. I mean, common sense. are real, Will. Right. UFOs are real. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But um, the... the <laughs> The thing, the thing is, is that, um, yeah, there are people benefiting for it. You know, there, there's patents out there. All right. And I mean, the whole hydroxychloroquine situation is obvious. It's I mean, don't you think for what 60 years proven? Yeah, we already know it works. And then they're like, how come the people in Africa don't have any cases of COVID? Um, because they're already on hydroxychloroquine for malaria. Right. Yeah. So right. It works. They've got like virtually no cases over in Africa because all of them are being treated with hydroxychloroquine because it treats malaria. Now, I've heard some, you know, some, some stories here, and even from reputable uh, people. I, I think uh, Scott McKay is on your timeline now. I told you to follow him and friend him. And, yes, I like uh, and, him. Yeah, he's great. Um, he's with uh, the uh, American Spectator. and He's also with the Hayride, and the Hayride is based out of Louisiana, a lot of Louisiana politics. But he does cover a lot of uh, political, political things. Um, and one of the things that he's done is he's had stories. He's saying, look, and I'm not here to promote hydroxychloroquine. I'm just giving you stories of people that have, that have gone through and have had, um, and have had uh, COVID-19 and have been hospitalized. Right. And they talk about how they're out cold and the doctor refuses them to give them hydroxychloroquine. Uh, some of them demand it. You've got to give it to me. You, you better give it to me. And as soon as they start taking it, everything's, everything gets better, you know? Um, they're trying so hard to suppress this story. They don't but, want people to know about it. And the other thing is, the other thing that kind of blows my mind about it, too, is that states like Georgia, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing about it locally here, and it's just like almost in every hospital. The CDC has a lot of power, and, um, 
And they're the ones really kind of pushing this too, along with some other people. So, Well, you know, because if the virus goes away, well, then there's no reason people can't get to the polls and vote. And you don't need to mail. mail vote. I mean, <laughs> they, right. you, you know where this is going. Right. This is not a virus. This is a political agenda. Absolutely. Right. Right. And, I, you know, I think, I think that's definitely true here with, with Trump um, and, and what we're seeing um, with him. Um, and I do think, too, on another level, though, there are people that, like you said, are going to benefit from this. I think Fauci's going to benefit from this. Absolutely. You know? He's um, 100% behind the vaccine. He and Gates. And, you know, so you got Fauci, and there's another one named Deborah Burks. And Deborah yeah. Burks is, is actually going around the country um, saying that you need face shields uh, on top of that. The three and, horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, Gates and Burks. You know, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of wondering, you know, where does, what does Trump do with these folks um, is my question, because they are part of the task force. Um, and I think he's been trying to navigate through all of this. Um, and I think part of it has to do with, and a lot of people don't talk about this enough, is that, um, you know, Obama did radically transform. He fundamentally transformed this country on some level. And it definitely had to do, I mean, you know, the, uh, the healthcare system is, is a big part of that. And um, the CDC is a part of that healthcare system. Right. And so the there's a lot of, there's the a lot of, a lot of things. In yeah, the United absolutely. States and filled positions with very corrupt individuals. Yep. Absolutely. And I, and I think, and I think Fauci's been one of these bureaucrats that have been there for a long, long time right. and has an agenda. Anybody that's been in Washington since what, 1984, right. Right. you know, has an agenda, I think. Um, especially with, with what he's involved in. Um, so, I mean, the biggest thing is, is that, you know, how does Trump navigate? And I've heard a lot of people that, that say that he's going to keep them on, but he's going to keep them quiet. And he actually has been keeping them quiet. His, his latest addition from somebody who's very respected um, and, and is actually making a lot of sense is Dr. Scott Atlas from Stanford, who's okay. not a political person. And that guy is making some huge waves. Is he? Oh, Yeah. Now, oh, yeah. where does he stand on the virus and the mask and the vaccine? Well, I, I, think he's, I think he's pushing back the narrative, and he's actually pushing it more towards, from what I understand, and some of the press conferences that he's had. I mean, he's been down in Florida uh, working with the governor. There was a press conference there um, pushing back a lot of the lies about how the virus works and also that it's not as deadly. Um, yeah. And also, I think one of the things that he's been really pushing is this idea that, you know, what, what do cases mean? All right. And a lot of times the testing is way off. We've heard about this quite a bit. The testing has been um, way off, especially with the NFL. I don't know if you've been following this, but like 75 NFL players got tested and they were all false negatives. They all, it all came back false negative. Almost every single test was, was false negative. So it makes you wonder, you know, how we are being tested, you know, what are these real cases, you know, and then you really have to ask yourself about the hospitalizations. Are these people going in for the third heart attack and they're being labeled as, yep, as yep. a COVID-19 patient, you know? It brings um, me back to that, the New York Times article. Right. The CDC admitted that only 6% of the cases, um, uh, the COVID-19 positive cases are actually, have actually died from, strictly from COVID. All the others, that 94% either died from extremely old age or because they had comorbidities, like they had a heart attack or they were right. in a car accident. So if you bring the number down to just those that died 
strictly from COVID, no other factors. It's like one in 3,750 that you're actually going to die just from COVID. Like you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning. <laughs> right. I mean, and like people, they, they need to think, they need to start thinking for themselves and not being fed what, what the mainstream media wants them to know, wants them to, wants to brainwash them with. And they're even trying to spin that now too about that report of the 6%. Well, it's and, not what we meant. That's almost different context. <laughs> yeah. Backpedaling. Um, oh, who yeah. That? that guy needs to get fired. Who leaked that story? <laughs> That's I right. was surprised that it came from the New York Times. Yeah, I think it, it gets to the point, too. I, I think there's something going on, too. And I think the more, the more Biden and his campaign right now are trying to move the ball uh, the COVID ball forward. All right. And I think the latest thing he was talking about was a national lockdown for masks. I don't know oh if, you, if you followed that. And he's had, he has a, he has a, a commercial on right now that's saying we need a mandate to masks, you know, and he's kind of, now he's kind of backed off on it, even though he's still running the commercial saying, well, it's probably going to be unconstitutional. It, they, they don't just say that they, they find out that the polling is not helping them. Right. Right. When it comes to this. Which and is the same. Right. But I was going to say that was that was the same thing that happened with all the looting and the rioting that they were wholeheartedly. Well, everybody has it has a right to protest and these are peaceful protests and we're not going to intervene and go ahead and do what you got to do. And now they're like, no, 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 we don't condone violence. No, no, no. Look what's happening in Trump's America. <laughs> like <laughs> they did a complete 180 on their stance. And it's a joke. I don't do they really think the American people can't figure out that they're completely putting their foot in their mouth. It's insane. They're hoping for it. But I, I, you know, the other part of the other part of me tells me though, is that the, the typical Democrat voter is super brainwashed. But I think, you know, but I think too, though, when it comes to elections, there is a swath of people. Um, I, I think, what, what was the stat? I think it was like 5 million people that voted for Obama. Okay. In 2000, what the last election, what, 2012, or, or maybe the, it was 2008. I can't remember. Um, those same people voted for Trump. So there was a segment that voted for Trump. And I think there's enough people that if with Trump and his strong message, and he, his message is much, much stronger than any uh, past, past GOP, uh, you know, candidate, uh, the, you know, the uh, presidential candidate like Romney and, and uh, McCain and others. Um, and even Bush's message um, was never as strong as Trump's. No. And, and, he, and he's been, he, he's stayed the course. He hasn't changed his story the way Biden has. Biden flip-flops based on the polls. Yeah, and I think, I think that's what you're seeing too. And I think that's why when you say, I can't believe the New York Times said that, is because they're, they're trying to, <laughs> they're bail trying to out. clean things up, right? They're, they're trying to say, well, maybe <laughs> we need to The ship is sinking and they're busy bailing water. Is that, what, is that how <laughs> yeah. that goes? yeah. But, you know, I think the thing that bugs me, though, here is that, you know, getting back to the local level, like you're talking about your son's experience, you know, we were ready, you know, my, my daughter, Emma, has been, she's 11, she'll be 12, October 1st, and she's been homeschooled here for the last, you know, two years, and we felt like we needed to homeschool her. Mm -hmm. Special needs, she's autistic, okay. uh, and, and um, she, she loves being at home, and she loves going to church, she loves doing stuff. Um, my son, Liam... He's five years old. Um, he's very smart. He was reading at three years old. 
Wow. Um, yeah, it was just one of those things. Um, and uh, he's socially, he's a little bit off. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, if, if it's, it, it might be something to do with maybe autism or not, but I, I, I don't, I'm not, we're really not sure about it, but I think, I think he's, he, he's, he's much better than Emma was growing up at her age. Um, so, um, so we were so hopeful for that. So we were hoping to, you know, put him in the public school and also maybe taking some special ed programs or whatever mm-hmm. um, with him. But as soon as this whole mask thing came out um, where the kids, um, they can, they don't have to wear a mask at recess or lunchroom. Oh my they have gosh. to wear it the rest of the day. Yes. Yep. Five, I'm not doing that. No. You know, and no. it's just like, we're going to figure it out. We're going to do homeschool him too. Emma's already homeschooled. So it won't, won't be that big of a leap. And so it's yeah, so nuts. But we were, we were hoping he'd go to kindergarten, you know, and we were oh, no. in the public school, but the public school's a disaster with this. Right. Um, right. And, and, and it's not like we're in, you know, Illinois here. We're in freaking Georgia. Right. You know, which is supposed to be a conservative state. And, and, we're, and, we're, and, and they're playing this game and the administrators are playing this game and the superintendents playing this game and teachers are playing this game. And it just, it makes me sick. What is your um, governor like? Do you have a conservative governor there? In I think, I think, you know what, Laura, I think all the other issues, you know, he's conservative on, but I think when it comes down to it, um, especially with governors, if you don't have this issue right, I don't think anything else matters. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Do you have um, Governor Envy? Governor Envy. I I've got Governor Nome. You got so, oh yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just checking. I mean, I felt like I felt like you were turning green over there when I when I talked about <laughs> being from Sioux Falls and right. my there governor. we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. No, but uh, no, Kemp is with this thing. He at first he says, "Oh, you know, we're not going to have a mask mandate." And uh, we're going to go to court over the, over the uh, mayor of Atlanta um, because the mayor of Atlanta was hoping to, was hoping to basically, um, you know, override the government. <laughs> and hold on a second. This is a jailbreak over there. Yeah, this is where we a- edit. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you should keep it. He, he, yeah, he jumps on my door. I will keep it. All right, fine. Because my, my son, he'll just bang on that there. Daddy, video games. Anyway, all right. Keeping it real. Oh, yeah. Keeping oh, gosh. Real. He's something, boy. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. But anyway, so um, uh, he totally ruined my train of thought. I have no idea what the heck I'm talking about. Oh, you're talking about my governor. But yeah, I, you know, Kemp is, is you know, with this mask thing, he's, he's pushing the masks now. And at right. one point in time, he said, hey, we're not going to have a mask mandate. We were like, hooray. You know, all these mayors who wanted to do this. And now all the mayors are doing it, and he's just kind of going along with it. Caving. Yeah. They do. They allow themselves to be bullied. Right. And, and it, but the thing is, it's a political thing, too. It's a shell game. And I think there's, there's too many um, – and I think they're scared of the mass people. I mean, I really do. I mean, they just, you know – They're bullies. Oh, they're yeah, absolute bullies. And I almost want to give everybody I see that's not wearing a mask a high five. Like, oh, you yeah. did it. You, you go, girl. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Yeah, I was have, you, at, have, you, have you been in stores where you've, you've yes. attempted the high five with other I almost people? did. I want to be like, girl, I got you. I got you. <laughs> but no, I was at Aldi the other day yeah. and I wasn't wearing a mask. I don't wear a mask. If they tell me to go put a mask on, okay, fine, I'll comply. But I'm, I, just, I just walk past the signs and, and the employees, the, the mask police at the door, and I just go about my business. So I was in the, um, the freezer section and this older woman approached me and she said, 
first of all, you're not wearing a mask. And second of all, you're going the wrong way. <sighs> so I said, okay, well, I can't wear a mask because it restricts my breathing, which is true for all of us. And second of all, I pointed to the arrows on the floor and I said, I am going the right way. And I was. So she just said nothing more and, you know, mumbled something under her breath and walked around me. But that's what we deal with. You deal with the shame police. So some people would rather just put on a mask than, than be confronted with those kind of situations. Yeah, and they always, I think liberals especially, would like uh, to take the sins that they commit and blame you for them. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times they'll be like, well, all these people that don't want you to wear masks, it's like we're running around, you know, looking at people with masks on and just getting in their face for it. I don't care what you do with yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to wear a mask, you want to wear a hazmat suit, you know, you want to put a... It don't matter. You want to put a Chewbacca suit on? I don't give a crap. Do whatever you want. Right. You do you. You do you. And if I scare you because I'm not wearing a mask, you can walk around me. I promise not. I'll hold my breath while you walk by. Big time. It's crazy. (laughs) People are inhaling their own germs and they can't see that. So I was at Walmart, just just kind of a little uh, experiment, like a social experiment. I did wear the mask. But I had it down. I had it down under my nose. So it's really not effective. It's just covering my mouth. And everybody was fine with it. Take your mask off. Oh, there, there, there's an uproar. But you wear it incorrectly just underneath your nose. Nobody, nobody even bats an eye. And I saw people sneezing into their masks and kids playing with their masks. Does nobody go, okay, um, now you got a ton of germs all over your face? You'd have less germs on your face if you weren't wearing a mask because you wouldn't be fidgeting with it. You know, and we talk about germs and masks from what I understand now, especially when the cold season starts coming back, like it does every year, you know, these kids are complaining that, you know, they got runny noses under this mask, you know, and that that they have to keep on their face and um, it's just being uncomfortable and it's, it's a nuisance. Absolutely. Um, You know, there's other part of it too. I mean, this is why I don't want my kids in public school. If that's what it's come down to with wearing a mask most of the day is that it's not just the mask itself. It's a mentality. You are creating an unnecessary fear Mm -hmm. for children um, based on a bunch of hysterical adults, all right, who who have these wild assumptions and these uh, wild ideas about this that is not based on science, that is based on their own fear. Fear and and political agenda. Oh, yeah. And, And what ticks me off is the garbage that they're feeding our kids now. I saw an Elmo book, Sesame Street, where Elmo's wearing a mask and it says, heroes wear masks. Don't, don't be feeding my kid that garbage. Right. So the, 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 the garbage that they're feeding goes all the way down to our babies, our, our children, reading them stories about how heroes wear masks. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty disturbing. You know, and I'm guilty of this too. I mean, you're better at this than I am, but you know, Sometimes when my kid's driving me crazy and I'm trying to record stuff at night because I do a lot of voice work, um, I'll give him my phone. He gets on, he, he gets on the, uh, the kid's app there where he's most of his little nursery rhyme, little, little kid, nothing stuff. But then every now and again, you know, he'll stumble across just even the, you know, just some little video, you know, talking about, like you said, you know, heroes wear masks and, you know, this, that, and the other, you know. Yeah, but um, it's everywhere. And like those, those ads drive me nuts too, where you've got the mask. This is a mask. It's not a political statement. It's a mask. 
yeah, it is a political statement. Yeah. It is a political agenda. I beg to differ. And I think it's going to get worse too, because, you know, like every single year, no matter what, you know, people go through, um, for the most part, they go through the cold season or whatever. And I think this whole situation of them doing testings that could be right, could be wrong, could be false, could be positive. Who the heck knows? But they're but if you test, they're going to make sure it's a positive and and uh, and send you home or whatever. This is just going to it's going to get out of control um, unless it stops. Um, right. So you know that's kind of where we're at. It's projected to stop on November fourth. Yeah, so I keep I keep hearing that, but you know they. But the thing is, you know, Democrats when they got an agenda, if if who's I think it was uh, Rahm Emanuel who said it. You know, you never want to let a crisis go to waste. A good crisis, that's a right. A good crisis. So if they still deem it as a good crisis, even after November 4th, um, they'll push this. They'll, they'll figure out something. And there's, there's enough liberals that are running cities, the big cities especially, um, that uh, they, can, they can extend this till the day we die. Who knows? That's why it's so important to vote them out on November 3rd. Absolutely. You, we haven't mentioned this yet, but today is the official mask off day. There we go. Yes, September 15th, Beautiful. mask off day. And, and I think it was Holland where they were all taking their masks off, throwing them in the middle of the street, stomping on them and burning them. That, you know, this happened, for, um, maybe you remember this. Remember, this was back a, a few months ago. Maybe it was last year, I think, where this whole uh, Colin Kaepernick thing with the kneeling for the, in the NFL, when he first started doing that, then you had season ticket holders getting on YouTube, burning their tickets. Yep, um, because yep. of the whole, uh, you know, disgrace in the national anthem. Absolutely. I'd like to see people start burning their freaking mask on YouTube. Yep. But, you know, the it. thing is, we're behind on this, Laura, and I think there's too many people scared out there. And because they, 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 they're, they're scared of the big bad media or they're scared of a bunch of uh, liberals who don't have their, their, um, any good intentions towards them whatsoever. You look around the country. We're talking about the U.K. We're talking about in Berlin, Germany. We're, we're talking about other, other places that are having these huge protests. We're yep. talking about a couple million people in the street that are not putting up with this crap and they're not going to be for some goofball vaccine. That, uh, so that, that they, is why I have such hope because people are waking up. They're sick and tired of it. They're realizing there's an agenda behind it and they're sick and tired of the agenda and the narrative that's being pushed on them. And, you know, that's a good sign too. And this is something that um, somebody pointed this out to me. Um, a political junkie, because I'm a political junkie myself, and and now I work with political people doing voice work for them, and now it's become something that um, you know I'm really really tuned into. But this this some, something somebody said that I'd never forget. He says, usually what happens in the UK is followed in the United States. Going back to Margaret Thatcher, who became prime minister, who was one of the most conservative prime ministers ever just like a Reagan. And then all of a sudden Reagan came into office, swept into office. We've seen that same thing here with the, um, what is it now? Uh, the Brexit. All right. The whole Brexit situation. Um, Boris there, I can't even remember his last name, who's the prime minister now. I mean, he is a hardline conservative. He was swept into office and, you know, we're in, you've seen Trump, you know, you've seen Trump just, you know, have just an amazing campaign winning states that have never been won since, you know, way back when, since 20, right. 30 years, like Pennsylvania, like Wisconsin, and even Minnesota, your home state right there is, is in the balance. Mm -hmm. So there, you're right. I think there, there is hope for this. 
And that's going to do it for Left Out with Will and Laura. Join us next time on our next episode. Take care. Take care.